everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Together for Equality podcast, a podcast created to provide insights and sharing ideas on how to build a more inclusive and equal society, be better professionals and build greater organizations. My name is Diana and I am a second year master's student at Catholic Lisbon. In today's episodes, we will talk about representation and representativity of the LGBTQIA community. To talk with us about this, I am really excited to introduce to you Beatriz Rosa. A very warm welcome to you and thank you for being here with us today. Thank you. Hello and hello everyone who is listening. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself to start? Uh, yes, uh, I am also a master's student in my last year of master's in communication in Universidade Autónoma de Lisboa. I am currently starting my path to research about representation and LGBT representations in media and fiction. It's always been a passion of mine uh, to study storytelling in general. And since I am an LGBT person, uh, it's a matter that is important to me, not only so I feel represented, but so every single person I know that is LGBT feels represented as well. We will dive into today's topic, but um, before that, I would like to start with a little ritual. Uh, at the end of each podcast episode, uh, our guest asks a question related to equality to our next guest. Uh, on the last episode, we spoke with Mark and John from John's Crazy Socks about inclusion of neurodivergence in the workforce. Um, and they left you the following question. What are you doing to make your place a great place to work? A place where your colleagues can do their best work. Uh, so my place of work is uh, less a place, a physical place, and more the academic uh, world in general and uh, the online world as well, as well, since I am a content creator as well as a, an academic. Uh, I think my... Uh, the way that I make my workplace uh, better is by introducing uh, new ideas and new teams and opening doors so that people can start talking about things that were not talked about uh, and start researching more and more about those those teams and talking more and more about those team things uh, as well as just knowing new information and sharing new information so that we can have an informed and critical society uh, that knows how to look at their TV and um, interpret critically what they are seeing. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. For me, I, I believe that uh, and being an empathetic person is one of the most important skills someone can have. And that's like trying to know more things and have that critical thinking, but always with an empathetic, strong side. I think that's uh, really critical today. Because our um, critical thought is, is about uh, putting yourself in the other person's shoes and of course. trying to figure out if that person is being treated fairly by what the media you are watching. Exactly, exactly. Um, and now on to today's topic, uh, which is exactly representation and representativity of the LGBT uh, community. And for our listeners that maybe never have never dealt with this topic before, 
could you explain what is the difference between the two in the media context? Uh, yes, I can. So uh, the confusion between the terms representation and representativity uh, happens more in Portuguese than English, uh, especially in translations. Uh, people often translate representation as representativity when the two are different. And it was actually one of the first corrections that the teacher who started me on this team made, which is that representativity uh, is specifically someone who is a representative of something. It's more used in a political context, for example, in assembly or in uh, spaces of interviews or spaces where there is debate, having someone who represents a minority group, so is the, is the representative of that minority group and can talk for them and defend their interests in that political context. That is where the term representativity should be used. Uh, now, representation is uh, both psychological, sociological, and media term. Uh, it refers to the idea that we create of something uh, after we see that thing uh, being represented. So uh, it can apply not only to people, but also to ideas. For example, you see a tsunami on TV, and uh, along with that tsunami on TV, you see a lot of interviews with people crying. You associate tsunamis with pain. Uh, that is a representation of a tsunami. When we talk about LGBT people, uh, we talk not only in news, but also fiction, because representations can be made by how people, how, how LGBT people are treated in news about LGBT teens and what those news, what feelings those news associate with LGBT teens. And also in fiction, especially, which is a very uh, un underappreciated uh, field of research because even more in fiction, you can associate characters and LGBT themes and LGBT stories with certain feelings and ideas and stereotypes, which you shouldn't, but... Uh, yeah. And stereotypes in a, that stay in a person's head and then get... And, and then stay in that person's head as the concept of an LGBT person. So yeah, that's, that's the basic difference. Representativity is more used in a polit political context and in the context of someone who has a voice to defend uh, their minority group, while representation is more about our idea, uh, uh, the ideas that we create of something uh, by the content that we consume. Okay, and that's very interesting. Maybe that's why it should be so important to study these... Uh... The yes. fiction content on, on, on this subject, on this matter. It is also a, a mission of the media and of every, uh, of every journal, of every uh, news channel to teach people about these things. It's, me, it, it's, um, it's their mission to teach people how to consume media. Because if people don't know how to consume media, then media have the upper hand. And it just makes a circle where uh, people consume media, uh, people get those ideas passively and just accept them passively. And then those ideas just create a loop 
uh, yeah. and we never leave those ideas because no one ever thinks critically of what they're watching. That, uh, of course, increased LGBT representation is crucial for greater cultural acceptance. Yeah. Uh, how has this topic evolved over time when we are talking about fiction, for example, or media? Uh, so in Portugal, we are very late compared to other countries. Um, in other countries, you would see efforts uh, both in by news channels, in news uh, context and in fiction uh, to have uh, good representations or at least representation at all of LGBT people, especially in America. And so people are more worried about doing representations that fight stereotypes. Uh, in Portugal, since there is very little information about this team and people usually don't uh, seek out to uh, learn more about minorities and how minorities would like to be represented, we're only now starting to have LGBT representations. We started to have LGBT representations uh, more after gay marriage was made legal in Portugal. Uh, because of that conversation being opened in a political spectrum, TV had the mission, which it is their mission to inform and to uh, create a an image of these things, uh, to insert representations in their, in, in their shows, in their news. Yeah. Uh, one of the first shows that we had in Portugal that had LGBT representation was uh, Lua Vermelha, uh, which was a young adult uh, show um that was like a twilight ripoff basically <laughs> uh yeah, but it had two girls dating each other and falling in love with each other the term lesbians of course or even the term homosexuality was never used but there was two girls dating each other and that was important uh even so that young people understood that hey this gay marriage thing that we're seeing right now in the news or hearing our parents talk about it it's okay it's a normal relationship. It's just love. Uh, and having characters that depict that help that understanding. Uh, we also have it much more in telenovelas, which a very interesting thing actually is that in telenovelas, uh, we have much more the gay representation, gay men representation, and much more with that. It's a stereotype, but it's not a... a prejudice stereotype to to say it's not a, a stereotype that causes you know a violent causes of discrimination uh it's the gay best friend uh, stereotype which yeah. is a misconception and do, does paint um gay men in a heterosexual light always compared to a heterosexual person but anyway uh and in telenovelas we see that a lot a lot the gay best friend now, now I was also sorry. Yes. I was also thinking about the um, Sex in the City when you yeah. when you were speaking about it because that's exactly yeah. what Sex happens in the there. City also has it. Uh, lots of um, shows that are directed towards a female audience have that gay best friend. Uh, yeah. Have that gay best friend stereotype, uh, which is a thing that we are also evolving from and uh, trying to get away from in more recent media and movies. We only recently in Portugal got a, a full-blown LGBT series, uh, which was Casa do Cais, 
that is like a min a YouTube mini series that was supported by uh, RTP. Okay. Uh, while in other countries, uh, we had series like The L Words, Orange is the New Black, Queer Eye, many, many series that were openly LGBT and handled only LGBT teams. And just now in Portugal, I think it was 2020, it started happening when we should yeah. have had LGBT content much, much before, uh, which LGBT people should not be an afterthought in media and should not just be a side character that appears in three episodes. We should also be the matter of a full story. Uh, we should also be the main characters. Like I was going to ask you about the, the, the Portuguese content produced as well. But like when you when you don't dive deeper into the topic, you may think that the LGBTQ population is well represented. And we were talking about it uh, the last time we met, uh, um, because for me, as a uh, from a Portuguese perspective, a great sitcom, and I was speaking about Friends, uh, mm -hmm. represented a lesbian couple in 1994. This is like, from a Portuguese perspective, this is <laughs> too much uh, from, for that, that time. In the 90s, which we didn't. We yeah. only did it in the, the 2010s. So we yeah. are very, very late in what comes to representation. And of course, Friends, their representation was not without faults. Friends always makes yeah. the jokes it makes. Uh, but it was an attempt. And it was with, because something that matters when we talk about representation is also intention. And it was with good intention, an intention yeah. to represent uh, unrepresented community, which was never, sadly, uh, one of the worries of... Uh, producers in Portugal. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you already spoke a little bit about it, but what are like the main flaws regarding this representation? Well, besides stereotypes, which is the biggest flaw, LGBT people always being the butt of the joke, one recent flaw uh, that we see is to fight those stereotypes, we see people represented in the opposite way. Uh, so this was something that was actually studied uh, in the 80s by a researcher called uh, Cedric Clark. Uh, and he um, studied something that he called the regulation level, uh, in which he studied this applying it to uh, black men and uh, the representation of the black community in American, which is these minorities intersect. Uh, there are black gay people, there are black trans people. So we can also intersect this research. And he talked about how, for example, the stereotype of the black man being a criminal. Uh, often, now in modern media, the black man is a position in uh, positions where he is a cop or where he is a judge. So it fights that stereotype that he's a criminal, but also uh, is a representation that is not done for the community. It's done to teach uh, the people that are uh, prejudiced that are watching. The same happen happens with LGBT people. So we saw very often uh, one of the biggest misconceptions about gay men, which was, you know, the first worry on the LGBT list when it came to representation was representing gay men, first of all, uh, because they're men and they always have the privilege. Uh, <laughs> sorry for the little comment. Uh, but one of the first worries was um, how gay men were uh, thought of as anti-family, 
uh, or thought of as predators. Uh, and so gay men were put in positions where they are coupled, uh, where they are two parents with a child. The biggest example of this is in Modern Family, which is a good example of this, where they were put in a position where they are very non-threatening. They are very family friendly. Uh, yeah. And this is not always, well, obviously it is a part family, obviously is a part of uh, the LGBT life, but it is not uh, delving into what LGBT people go through and their full stories and their full lives. It is just a small part that is uh, filtered so people who are prejudiced can watch and have this perfect idea. Uh, one researcher in Portugal uh, calls uh, called this the acceptable gay, uh, which is uh, the gay that straight people can accept. Uh, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily every single LGBT person. It's not necessarily even a good representation, but it's the representation that will make, that needs to be made so that people can stop having their prejudices, which is sad. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, and another um, big way that uh, LGBT people are misrepresented is exactly going the entire other way, uh, and always depicting them as marginalized, uh, always depicting them as suffering. Uh, for example, making them have behaviors like doing drugs, going out to parties every night, having sex every night. All of that is uh, risk behavior that first was already associated in a negative way to LGBT people. For example, with the AIDS uh, thing that happened in the 80s where gay men were seen as promiscuous um, and making them have that suffering uh, marginalized story every single time also does not depict LGBT people as they are fully it depicts them as martyrs we are not martyrs we're just people we're not martyrs we're not uh, a picture perfect person we're just people and we should be, de be depicted as just people who are complex, just like any other character of any other of person. Yeah. And my uh, next question to you was actually going in that direction. If this, their stories were being told fairly or not. And I mean, I can see everything you're saying in like daily episodes of mine. Moments. The, the acceptable gates really something very yeah, established. It's a real thing that people don't talk about often when talking about, even when talking about representation, the acceptable gay, how, how we need to be censored and made to fit that heterodormative cisgender concept of society so that we can fit in it when being queer naturally makes us not fit. We are, we are being LGBT is a subculture. It's got its own culture. Uh, and it's okay to be something different than what is the pop culture or even the normalized society. That's what we need to let on, that it's okay to have a different view of things. It's okay to look at society from a different perspective. Um, and about LGBT people being treated fairly in their representations. 
I think, especially now with Portuguese media and in American media as well, I think there's an attempt. I, I can't be like all negative about this. There is an attempt. There has been mo very, various attempts of making good representation. The thing is that even researchers don't agree on what makes good representation. Because on one side, you have to make people not be prejudiced. That's one of the goals that media has. And for that, you need the acceptable gay. Uh, on the other hand, you can't uh, promote stereotypes uh, and you cannot limit gay people to these stories that just repeat over and over. Uh, so where do we stand? Should representation truly just be for the prejudiced people watching who don't know what being gay is like and need an introduction to LGBT uh, need to be reminded that LGBT people exist and are people? Or should LGBT representations be for those LGBT people who have never felt in the media, who have never looked at the character on screen and gone, that's me. I feel like that character. I can relate. I exist and I am okay to exist because visibility yeah. is an important thing. Because there's a study done with young people, which was done by uh, a researcher called McEnroy, if I'm not mistaken, um, where he interviewed a bunch of uh, young people and teenagers. They did not feel seen because those representations were always a gay, able white man. It was always the same representation over and over again. There were no trans characters, which is an important thing. There are barely any trans characters there were none no non-binary characters there weren't even there weren't even lesbian characters most of the times uh and by characters the lgbt representation when we talk about it we also have to talk about that that when people try to make lgbt representations they often uh, lump us all together in one identity when LGBT is an acronym for a reason <laughs> there are various identities uh, that are not all represented in it. Uh, and in that study uh, they also talked about how uh, it was new media the internet that gave them, gave them more visibility because of content creators that outside of TV, outside of the limitations of traditional media, started content that had representations, started trying to represent their own community because most of these creators that, that use the internet to create content are also LGBT. That's what happened, for example, with Casa do Cais. Casa do Cais has an all-queer cast that are mo mo many of them, most of them, internet creators that presented this show to RTP and made it and created the first big representation for LGBT people in Portugal. That did not happen before, especially because in Portugal, we do devalue the internet and are still very traditional uh, and still very in the TV uh, phase of things. Uh, and so it's harder to make content and have that content be accessible and have that content be accepted yeah. uh, and that's a big thing and so we in Portugal we do not have that 
uh, level of visibility yet. I think the 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 attempt you were talking about that we are doing more um, is because this representation has clear social and business implications also. Yes. Because while I was preparing for this episode, I came across an article of uh, World Economic Forum arguing why LGBTQ representation should be a priority for media and business. And uh, in fact, this article mentioned that 49% of the people in general uh, prefer to engage with brands that represent and include different groups in society. There's a lot of room to grow still. Where and how do you think we should start? I think the way that we should start is by talking to LGBT, by uh, talking to queer people who have queer experiences and know about uh, queer, uh, queer media that we can make better representations for them. It's by opening a room for their voices to be heard. Uh, one of the big things that is a, a big problem in what comes to representation is that uh, they are seen as an afterthought. While, so the first step is by opening a conversation, sitting down and talking, uh, and then just by trial and error, which is what we're doing. We're doing right now. Sometimes we are going to make mistakes. Are they big mistakes and mistakes that can have very bad repercussions in what comes to society because of how representations work and how they stay in the mind of the person that is consuming the content? Yes, we try to represent and to create this content in the best way that we can and actually trying, not just a half-assed attempt, a, a real attempt that takes real research, that takes real care, caring about what we are writing about caring about the people we are representing and not representing them because of money reason, because uh, we want to look good. Studying those issues, trying to empathize with those issues are one of the first steps and most important steps to writing a good LGBT person uh, and representing them fairly. Yeah, I think that's uh, like a path we have to follow for all the minorities and it's again related with what we said in the beginning of the episode it's the part of being an empathetic person that is still required and we have to fight a lot of a lot of prejudice still we are reaching uh, the end of today's uh, podcast episodes um, and before we say goodbye to you uh, we would like you to take part in our ritual So I'll ask you to give us a question that you would like to see answered by our next podcast guest. Okay. In 10 years, how would you tell your story? That's a, a very interesting question. I look forward to the next guest. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for your time and valuable insights. It was really a valuable contribute. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Uh, having you here with us today to our listeners uh, feel free to always reach out to us on our social media accounts you'll find us under the name equality in business on linkedin facebook and instagram looking forward to talking to you in two weeks until then have fun and stay curious mm -hmm.